Patriots. You be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <laughs> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, so they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Packers podcast, go Pack Go. Good night, man. I'm so excited. Let's roll. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Andrew. Andrew? Hello, hello. And we are back returning on a victory, well, should I say it's Tuesday, we're recording Tuesdays, but a much nicer week in the greater Minneapolis area, obviously yeah. with the Bears losing to the Green Bay Packers 10-27. to Coupled with the Vikings' terrible loss, there's any gloating that had happened is gone. Those those smug ass smiles are 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 wiped. I was talking to uh, one of our our friends who's a Viking fan, Kyle. You might uh, oh yes, not Kyle from the podcast, but no. uh, an evil Viking fan, Kyle. Yes, I'm familiar with that one as well. And he the day after, he's just hitting me up on Twitter all the time, just DMing me like these clips, stupid clips, and I'm like, is this really how you're talking? It was like some stupid one of Rashawn Gary getting blocked, another yep. one of uh, Everson Griffin like pushing someone on the offensive line, and he just said to me, he's like, you know this. This is different. This year, it's different. And I'm like, I was like, I can't tell if you're actually like trying to talk football or if you're just being a troll because we are one game <laughs> into the season. And sure enough, we saw what happened on Monday Night Football. Well, that's that's typical. I mean, any fan, but I feel like Vikings fans do it so much in this area or just maybe it's our friends that we talk to at a, at a more you know often basis. But it is a lot. You're right. I think we're hypersensitive to it, but the longer time goes on, it does seem like it's such a React Now type world where, yeah, you know, we're two weeks into the season now and people still want to make claims. You know, the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the world. Or so-and-so is going to go undefeated or, or, you know. Yes. I There's something I want to say because I just watched a clip Uh on it and I felt like I, you mentioned it last week about the whole Aaron Rodgers thing uh, and Tom Brady. Yep. Did he break another tablet? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. No, and that's and you. I think I only saw it one place, and I was like, "This," because I just stuck in my head. Last week, you were like, "Oh, if Aaron Rodgers makes a sad face, it's yeah. it's on the front page." Yep. But Tom Brady can break a tablet. Well, I'm like, I I saw one tiny small blimp about him breaking a tablet, and that no, was the, the end of it. The and hip- I'm shocked that the it's not everywhere. The hypocrisy is unreal because obviously everyone thinks you know Aaron Rodgers, and yes, he could be surly at times. You know, any little thing he gets. On the rookies about, and another thing, the rookies really haven't fucked up at all this year. It was literally the first play, and that's about it. Maybe that dubs out early in the game this week, but whatever. Sure. Either way, so we had like the glances from week one. Tom Brady, literally. So this is week two. This is week two. Not a big game. They ended up winning anyways. Literally, right. st- literally starts a brawl. Like he's part of starting <laughs> a brawl. He throws the tablet. We have multiple shots of him yelling, and it's. You know, we don't hear too much about afterwards. Obviously, Mike Evans got suspended and all that. And then we go back to Rogers has thrown a tablet back in the day. He talked about it today on Pat McAfee, actually, as well. Threw a tablet. When he threw the tablet and broke it, it was week 16 in 2018, I believe. Or no, 2017, whatever year it was. And he threw it because on that play, he threw a pick or something. And I believe the season ended after that play. Like so if it was almost justified. Game, 
Right. right. And, you know, of course we go on, blah, blah, blah. No. I, no, but nonetheless, I just wanted to point that out before we got too far, and I forgot to mention it because I was like, what an interesting reference to make week one about it, and then it happens again, and you can actually see that it, it's not everywhere. Like, with with how uh, Tampa's offensive line has been this year, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more that from makes Tom Brady like sense this going on. As, as well, too. Right. But getting right into it, uh, once again, the Packers did win 27-10. to 10. Very nice, very classic Packers Bears game. You know, it's you know you eke it out a little bit at the beginning, and then once you get to the second quarter, you can put your feet up and relax. I actually just just so I was prepared for this week's episode, I called my sweaty cousin, mm-hmm. um, as we re- talked about before, mm-hmm. and and he did not sweat at all. So there that's you go. Just like you said, classic Bears Packers, very easy, slowed game. Yeah, your family really like you. I don't know if people thought you were serious last week when you said like you called him, but something is wrong with your family where any oh. little thing you have to call, even if it's like it's a 30 second conversation, it's just, uh, you, know. you see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I'm watching the game too. Okay, cool. How's uh, your chicken? Good night. Yes, absolutely. Ridiculous. <laughs> so we'll talk about the game. We'll have our normal Lynn Lake pick six, six pack to start yeah. the game. Once again, Lynn Lake, I, you know, head, if you're in the twin cities area, watch the Packer game. If you want to go to a Packer bar, go there. Uh, We'll have our pick six, the plays that shape the game, like I said. We'll break down the offense and defense. We will have take news back this week. A little talk Atari. We'll talk about David Bakhtiari and what's going on with his situation. We will have is Kyle an idiot, Packers trivia. And we will, of course, preview the Tampa Bay game. But first, pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. All right, the first... Pick six play. Packers are already up 3-0 after the opening drive. Uh, Second and 10. Of course, many of you may remember. It seems like every time this happens on primetime, too. Bears call a flea flicker. Fields gets the ball, throws it deep for a a very long comeback route from EQ. Picked it up. Ran a little after that. Jair in coverage. 30-yard gain, but eventually does lead to a Justin Fields rushing touchdown, making it 7-3. You know, the one big drive that the Packers kind of gave up. Obviously, at this time, I think a lot of us were worrying about Joe Barry and what was going on. Also seeing Jair Alexander kind of bust the coverage. But uh, I don't know, kind of it. this kind of sets the tone of what that first quarter was, at least, and got us back into that worry mode. Yeah, you could say worry mode. I feel like it was just kind of game flow. I mean, it's not like at that point in time, I don't think that they were rushing all over us. I know they, you know, had consistent breakout runs, but a big play and a couple obviously good additional plays, I felt very comfortable with our state in the game at at that point still. I wasn't really worried, but I mean, it was like, okay, my my prediction for the over is more likely to hit now, but that was the only real... Sure. uh, I, I wasn't worried at that point. Well, good. Yeah, I don't get too worried either, honestly, since... I've been watching football. You know, it's always been Favre or Rodgers. And especially with Rodgers, I do not sweat unless we are down two touchdowns. Right. Like we have to be down 14 points. Yeah, it's always an open open game. You're never out of it. Yeah. Moving on, second pick six play after uh, a Watson pitch and a Sammy catch to get us into the red zone. Packers are facing a second and 11. Rodgers takes the snap, pitches it forward to Aaron Jones, uh, Royce Newman, and Josh Myers pull, lead block for him, and Aaron Jones finagles his way through them and into the end zone, making it 7-10 to 10 Packers. And I loved watching 
our running backs in this game. I mean, obviously. Mm, you don't say. I know. I know. We said last week we're going to see, ideally, or of course, a lot more rushes this week than the previous one. But beyond that, it, they were just working. I mean, you, we saw consistent eight-plus yard rushes. And it yeah. was like almost, you know, you're playing different leagues. Like, it was just they were just pummeling people right over. And we'll get into that, too, because as we talked about last week with Jake Hansen and Royce Newman, Elton Jenkins was able to play this week, you know, started at right tackle. Newman being able to play guard back inside, that's just his natural position anyways. That obviously had a huge boost for the offense in general. And, yeah, like you were saying, we were talking about, like everyone else, hey, we got to run the ball more. And, one, for them to actually do it is nice. Two, I mean, the Bears knew we were going to do it as well, and we were still able to, you know, Aaron Jones was averaging like nine yards a carry which is just absurd. Uh, especially when you're seeing more than the four carries of week one right Four right. 40 yards for four okay for sure 10 but when the guy has 15 plus carries and he's averaging nine that is awesome yes yes uh moving on after a sack which is usually a drive killer not just for you know most teams but the green bay packers you know after that you kind of just sit back and like okay how are we going to make this up Second and 28, Rodgers throws a nice little screen to the rookie Romeo Dubs, who finagles his way back and forth. The second time I've used that word. And picks up 20 yards on third and eight, kind of doubling up on these plays here. Third and eight, Rodgers uh, rolls out and, of course, gets it to Randall Cobb to convert it. Once again, all he does is pick up first downs on third down. And a few uh, plays later, Aaron Jones scores, making it 7-17. to 17. But that was Rodgers after the game as well said that those two plays back-to-back really did change the course of the offense for the rest of the game. For sure they did, and they, they set a, a good tone moving forward. But I just wanted to comment that watching that specific play. I the remember, screen? Uh, the, no, sorry, right after the sack. Yep. And then watching uh, them yeah make yeah, the up screen. the 20-yard yep. screen play. I was like, yeah, that's, that's an only the Packers. Only the Packers are going to see that. And then it was like. 20 minutes later, I think we sacked Fields and they like rushed 18 yards for a first down. And I was like, God damn, I just like kicked my, I'm like, yeah, hey, honey, look at that. That's a Packer, you know? And it was just, I just felt so stupid. But it was, <laughs> I mean, yes, it, that doesn't take away from the Packers' offensive play. Fair. I just, yeah. I just, you know, wanted to comment on, on watching that back to back. You know, you think you get a sack, it's third down and long, it's going to be a turnover here. And it, it just, it's, it's yeah, a fun, knows, fun game to watch. Once again, what happens if that play doesn't happen? We end up punting there, and what if the Bears score well, after that? Who really knows? That's why they make it a, in the top pick six. There you go. Wow, very smooth. Uh-huh, very perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I loved watching Romeo Dubs on that, too. Very rare to see a rookie. Usually they're very impatient, waiting for blocks to set up. But he, I think he, like, grabbed Yash from behind, too, like his collar, and just, like, literally used him as a lead blocker and... Even then, I was watching watching the game uh, at a buddy's house, and we were like, oh, you know, we don't see screens too often. And then that happened, and I don't know. I would think we're going to see more of that going forward as well. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, seeing these guys get comfortable is, makes the game a lot more enjoyable to watch. And This is true. This better is place. very true. Yeah, when they score and pick up yards. I, I do like it, it when my favorite team <laughs> scores yeah. quite a bit. So that made it 7-17. to 17. Moving on to the fourth uh, Lynn Lake pick six play. After – or. Under two minutes left in the first half, second and seven, Packers have the ball. Rodgers avoids pressure, runs out to the right, and once again hits Randall Cobb for the first down. That was, you know, with a lot going on, there was a couple mistakes made on offense. You know, uh, the fumbled snap, the snap that Josh Myers had that grazed Christian Watson, a couple dumb plays. Rodgers had a couple misses too. That throw to Dylan in the flats was just terrible where he missed them. But seeing that play was classic 
Rodgers extending a play, hitting Cobb, picking up first down, and of course that eventually led to another uh, the touchdown to Lazard, making it seven to twenty-four. How many times did we punt in that game? Uh, twice. Twice. Just twice. Okay. Yep. Because I could have. I mean, obviously, could say this any time. Could mm-hmm. have been a lot more. I mean, those a couple big saves uh, really helped us, and they turned into not only punts but scoring drives where you know we got touchdowns out of it and and our overall Mm -hmm. um you know momentum kept cruising especially in the first half too where there was a couple ticky tack things right offensive line getting in groove again too with a couple you know better pieces on the line but they're a little rusty as well but uh yeah able to overcome that moving on to the fifth pick six play Fast forward all the way, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. The score is now 10 to 24. It's a fourth and goal out of shotgun. The Bears have it. Uh, of course, Justin Fields takes the snap, runs behind Montgomery, who's lead blocking for him. Fields tries to dart to the left and misses a clear hole to the right and gets tackled at the goal, goal line. Clearly, clearly short of the goal line. Does not score. They review it, holds up. Um, yeah, huge play. You know, I don't think the game really changes all that much. But once again, nice to see some life back again in the defense. Devondre Campbell started the hit, and even Jair getting in a little late and just pushing the pile back was probably the difference with how close that ball came. Out of curiosity, you're the head coach here. What play do you run if you're Chicago? (laughs) I don't know. If you're Chicago, I mean... Because they don't have options. I mean, maybe you either go Montgomery, but you're not throwing the ball, right? You're keeping that. All, all I think of is what frustrates me when the Packers are right on the goal line. What pisses me off when they score? And all it is is I don't know what you're doing with the wideouts. Maybe you bring them in tight and then move them out wide. You have your quarterback in shotgun with one running back next to him. You have him go up to the line like like he's going to do a check, and then you just take the snap right behind the center and run forward. Sure. That seems to always work when people try it against us, so... I would do that, especially with a large quarterback like Justin Fields. No, that makes sense. Either way. I mean, last week, too, we talked about it, how on our fourth uh, down play against Minnesota, we ran it with A.J. Dillon out of shotgun. A little bit of a different play there. But once again, it's just the hesitation that you have to have if you're running the ball out of shotgun. And that clearly bit the Bears um, this week as well. No. Inches. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Inch. (laughs) Moving on after that. The last pick six play, uh, you know, some more football is played. Now there's just over two minutes left. The Bears, once again, get the ball. It's second and ten. Justin Fields takes the snap, runs around the pocket a little bit, creates some space, runs out to the right, and you're like, oh, maybe we're going to see an impressive Justin Fields play here. But, of course, he does not impress. He instead, thro- instead throws out wide to one J.R. Alexander, who runs clear across the field, makes up that space, Picks off the ball, and the game is once again over. It was, uh, I like watching that play too because I assumed it was Jair, but he came across the line, picked it off, and then just kind of disappeared, slid on the sideline. Everyone kind of, you know, bum rushed him, and they're celebrating. And it was still like 15, 20 seconds after the play. And I'm like, that was Jair that picked it off, right? Because I haven't seen who has the ball right now. And then- but but it's, it's fun too. I mean, I don't, it's tough putting that one in as a play that shapes the game. I'm not saying I would define it anywhere else. I guess by that interception, we know the game is over and there's no tiny comeback are you, chance. Are you shitting on but a second? But I, I just, you know, a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I think it is fun nonetheless. I, I suppose it can make the cut because it is nice to see our defense make those interceptions and everyone, you know, come together. 
Well, the game, for in my eyes, the game was over in the sure. second quarter. At halftime, sure. that game was over. Yeah. And this was just another, like, you know, it's the Bears quarterback throwing a pick to a young, you know, the young stud on the pack in the Packers sure. secondary. It's just right. It's the perfect little cherry on top of this game. The good way to end. That makes sense. Absolutely. So that was the uh, Lynn Lake pick six. Moving on to the offense. Uh, it was nice to see, you know, we talked a little bit about it, uh, and I mentioned it as well with seeing, it's kind of funny to think back now, but Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze and uh, Outen all leaving the Packers, offensive minds, seeing what this offense would be. Week one wasn't the best for the Packers. Week two, it was nice to see, you know, an offense with some type of rhythm. We went from 23 total touches for AJ and Aaron Jones last week to 37 on Sunday. Um, and it's weird, too, because even that first quarter, I don't know what was going on, but like Packers Twitter, Packer fans are getting restless when I think the second series we stalled and had to punt. And it's like, man, why are you know, they're like, what, what's wrong with this offense? What's wrong with LaFleur? And once again, it's we knew going into this year there was going to be growing pains. So in week two, with people already voicing them, it's like, can we slow our roll a little bit? We obviously corrected it. Well, we talked about that, I mean, just a week ago. Our three of our main ball catchers are, are absolutely rookies and it's their first game. Mm-hmm. But I want to know if that Uh-oh. 37 number meets yep. the criteria for my week one hot take. <laughs> so uh, we'll have to reference that first one. I think it was like uh, 38. Yeah. I might be one low. I don't. Yeah, uh, I, it was it was kind of bold. Yeah, for those. It wasn't remember, that bold. It yeah, was, it wasn't that bold. It was if we would go from 15 total carries to 30 total I think carries. It was double. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think see. I'm just shy. Yeah. Oh, no, we did have quite a few more. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, right. 32. It, w- it wasn't very bold. But yes, um, the only other, other thing I would say overall with the offense, obviously 24 points in the first half is nice, but finishing with 27 is pretty meh. But you can obviously do that when you're playing against a much worse team in the Chicago Bears. So. I, I feel like the way we saw the game, I mean, obviously they're doing some clock management, and if they needed to score, we would have seen them score. Sure. Yep. They don't care like I do. If they're hitting 41 and a half points. Right. So they're just happy to keep the win and, and drain clock time. It was kind of a classic uh, Mike McCarthy-esque just, you know, right. drain the and game. And that's, I think, something end. we've talked about, not on a, on, on a podcast, uh, but in general, um, letting off the gas. You know, it, it is All always... All gas, no breaks. Yes, <sighs> that's that's the big thing with Matt LaFleur that they've talked about, yeah. who I couldn't care less. It, you sure. know, got a little iffy there, I think, at the very beginning of the fourth quarter, but who gives a shit? Right. Uh Looking, you know, at the offense, starting with the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers was 19 out of 25, 234 yards and two touchdowns. A little shaky early. Like I said, he had that miss to A.J. Dillon. Uh, I'm still not sure if that Romeo Dubs quick out was Romeo's fault or Rodgers. It still seemed to be behind him a little bit. Um, And then early in the game, too, it could have been a pick-six play as well. But that throw down the sideline near the sticks to Aaron Jones to get the first down and get us in the field goal range, that was pretty fucking sick. It's one of those where I feel like we, it's so automatic, and we see it so often where you see Aaron Jones, the running back on the sideline, have to reach up and make a play on the ball. And once again, seeing it the first time this year, early on, I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be an Aaron Jones game. Where do we see our boys at uh, PFF giving Rodgers this week? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know if you looked. All right. No, All I, right. Just, I mean, who fucking... If we win, it's more so like the guys... I like to use it for guys you don't always notice, like offensive linemen, okay. defensive linemen, maybe some people in the secondary. Because I'm looking at the stat line, and I'm like, oh, 234. Don't look at the stat line. Right, but I'm saying it doesn't matter when you're up two scores. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. Obviously, like I just said, if he needed to, where 
or scoring. Or yep. he, he's throwing more balls. And but why? More recently, too, you know, early on, obviously, like 2011 and shit, he would put up outrageous numbers. But now it's like you expect 200-something yards and two touchdowns. Moving on to running back, which we probably should have started at. Aaron Jones, once again, I leading things off. We said this a lot when Devontae Adams was on the team, especially when we started the podcast. I think 2019 is where he really emerged as one of the elite, elite receivers in the league. And we would always say, yeah, ho-hum, it's just a whatever Devontae Adams stat line where he puts up 90 yards and has two touchdowns or something. Do you think this is going to be a consistent well, thing you, in our wins? You could let me You could let me fucking finish here. That would be true. Okay, so I'm starting to think the <laughs> same thing here now with Aaron Jones, who, you know, you're watching the game, and it's like, huh, he just keeps making plays, huh? He had 15 carries, 132 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he also had three receptions for 38 yards and a touchdown. Just an absolute, you know, monster. Week one, not a hell of a lot. Week two, he's the centerpiece. It's it's odd because he does seem to be the offense at this point. I keep waiting for A.J. Dillon to come on a little bit more. He hasn't really had one of these massive, massive games yet. But I don't know. I feel like Aaron Jones might still be one of the most overlooked players in Packers history. Even He's far and away the highest yards per carry for anyone who wasn't like a quarterback in the 40s and actually played running back and has over 500 rushes or a couple hundred rushes in his career so is some of that because of the tandem though I mean not only do you get a break but AJ when you're doing those two back sets and AJ's blocking out there is that not helping no I I don't think so because you even look you look at when Jamal Williams was the other running back and he was a pretty solid player as well but that's when Aaron Jones had like 16 touchdowns in 2019. Yeah, no, no, that makes that makes sense. But yeah, it's just always fun to see Aaron Jones get the ball. He's, I still think Eddie Lacy was probably my favorite running back to watch. But outside of him, Aaron Jones, the way no one truly gets skinny, the way Aaron Jones gets skinny in the hole. I want to ask what happened to Eddie Lacy, but I don't even want to go down a rabbit hole of of that conversation. <laughs> he's, he's no longer in the league. He tweets sometimes, and okay, uh, I saw it. he. I follow him on Instagram. Why? I think I he, he was doing he yoga ganked, this week. He so. ganked some weight, and they 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 like benched him or whatever, and caught him, and yeah. and then that was it. Right? He, si- he signed with Seattle for a year, didn't catch on. Okay. Was out of the league after that, and that's so, it. Cool. Yeah. That was it. You know, I'm sure we'll see him again sometime. But uh, but yeah, either way, Aaron Jones. Yeah, just this game, eight and. Eight, 8.8 yards per carry, which is pretty fucking crazy. A.J. Dillon, 16 carries, 61 yards, a 3.4 average, one catch for six yards. Like I said, you know, we keep waiting for A.J. Dillon to turn into an absolute stud. I still hold out hope. I think it will happen. But, you know, thunder and lightning, it's a little more lightning than the thunder right now. It is also, I mean, obviously it's possible, but... Two running backs, there's only so many rushes you're going to have in a game. So to have yeah. two absolute studs where you're seeing two running backs put up 100-plus yards per game on average, I think that's going to be a, a big ask. I don't know. Yeah, but, he, I mean, Dylan still had 16 carries to Aaron Right, Jones, he should have had, 15. sure. He should have had some more yards per carry. You're it's right. weird because we always refer to them or as A.J. Dillon has a change of pace back. And it's funny because literally just getting the ball, the handoffs, is a change of pace. It seems like it takes right. a full half second lo- longer for him to get the ball. But and what can you do? Either way, I love A.J. Dillon. We'll see how his season progresses here. Yeah. Moving on to wide receiver. Sammy Watkins, three receptions, 93 yards, had a long of 55. Yeah, he was good after not being very good last week. Which is a 
hot take in of itself and a contrarian opinion from the co-host here yeah, because biggest target on the game three from week one even i i liked him week one i mean you didn't but i also loved him week two yeah <laughs> sure yeah. <laughs> right yeah i I'm looking forward to uh, a little underrated thing with him. I'm looking forward to seeing Sammy Watkins playing with the white sleeves in December and January, possibly with some snowflakes coming down. That just seems like a very nice aesthetic for Lambeau Field. Uh, but yeah, either way, he was very <laughs> impressive. He straight up ran by Eddie Jackson on that long catch and run. Wasn't expecting that out of him. And he's got this weird thing where he, I don't want to say drunk, but it's almost like he stomps when he's running. Like he's almost got that hockey player, like wide foot stance type deal and yeah. he's just r- he runs with aggression for someone who isn't extremely tall or large either. on related to sammy's athleticism mm-hmm. i was browsing the Packers subreddit today mm, always, and i saw this good. post where like it said aaron Rodgers, i think it was um aj Dillon and and aaron jones or no sorry it was randall cobb and aaron jones mm-hmm. they're all in the top 10 as far as player likeliness in the NFL throughout all teams like Linus, like households like them, like they have a favorable, but no, but no. So that's fine. <laughs> okay. But how, Sammy how Watkins, no, I, I think they did some kind of survey, but Sammy Watkins is in the bottom five. Yeah. So it was notable because I was just scrolling. Once <laughs> I got to it, I was just like, Oh, let's see this player, this player, this player. Yeah. And I saw Sammy. I'm like, what? I don't remember. I mean, I know obviously of his previous career, but I, I don't remember him like yeah, he's, curb stomping. He's anyone. a little weird I, uh, to bring him up again. Ty Dune, the uh, not reporter, whatever the storyteller who does NFL stories at times. Uh, he he spent time in Buffalo and wrote on Sammy back in the day as well. And he's just kind of a weird cat. He's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. Like he he referred to himself as like a lizard person or something at oh. one point. He. Might have said the world is flat or something. This was like five years ago. Oh. So he's well, I don't know. He's a different thinker. It's What's that basketball player? Uh, was, Kyrie Irving. Uh, yeah, God. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully he's not that to our locker room. Pro, no, everyone has only said positive things. Matt LaFleur cool. has only said positive okay. things. I think he and even reporters have said very, very like Jason Wilde loves uh Sammy Watkins. So okay. it's it, it's more it's more good than bad. It's just <laughs> obviously in today's day and today's day and age you can't be out there with you know, different takes you're going to get. Nothing too crazy. You're going to get canceled. I, I That's why I just didn't know what, what his whole deal was. That's essentially why I brought up the whole, I'm surprised the whole ranking system. Yeah, I don't know it how you like fucking measure that. Him and then a couple guys who aren't even in the league anymore. It's, and It just sounds like one of those like uh, U.S. maps where it says like what's this state's favorite right. fast food. And it's like this is just. It bullshit. might come down to maybe just like they took some random players and then they said, uh, who do you even know them? You know, household names might even be. Would not surprise right. me. Yeah. Moving on to Randall Cobb, three receptions, 37 yards, and once again, he just converts third downs. That's all he does. I'm, I've am i probably said this multiple times, but I am sick of people saying that he is stealing Amari Rogers' snaps. Uh, I don't know if I've seen anything from Amari Rogers to really think that he should get these snaps, and I, I think I actually said this to Kyle. Don't worry. We are still in contact. Uh, you know, We still have Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, uh, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dubs, Robert Tunyon, and then the two running backs, and then there's Amari Rogers. So I could give a shit less about him getting the ball because he hasn't shown me he should get the ball at this and point. And I, th- I think that's not just your decision. I think if obviously he was that good or, or he was stealing, there are professionals who are paid to make that choice who would make the well, fucking choice. But he, we did also trade, not to be devil's advocate to myself here, but we did trade for Randall Cobb last offseason to get Aaron Rodgers to come back. So it is still a thing but where Rodgers would be upset exactly if he was Exactly that point, I think think is that Cobb 
okay, so Amari Rodgers is here, but Cobb is that safety net with all these other rookies or younger players. Mm-hmm. So Amari does not have the experience yes. and 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 this the but trust. You, but then right. you say the same thing about Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson, but Amari Amari Rodgers just has not shown enough right. to warrant that. Yes. Sure. Uh, moving on to Romeo Dubs, talked about him a little bit earlier. He had the two receptions for 27 yards. Love the screen pass. Can't talk enough about that. And don't know whose fault it was on the Rodgers uh, throw to him that quick out. Christian Watson, <laughs> three receptions for nine yards, pretty much just those little jet sweeps. And absolutely love that. Once again, obviously not super productive on the stat sheet, but even watching it live, you see the extra hesitation from the inside linebackers moving with the flow of Christian Watson. I think Ross Uglum posted a couple videos um, this week on Twitter showing that again, just getting those linebackers to bite a little bit. It does seem like the last few years, too, we would run this with MBS or EQ and you know, halfway through the season, we pretty much abandoned it because it simply did not work. But there was multiple plays on these long Aaron Jones runs where it's just literally getting that extra half step is enough to get you five, ten yards down the line if, you know, it's just becoming a larger run. Exactly like you just away. said, we're opening up that gap. So if they follow him mm-hmm. here and there, I mm-hmm. mean, and on top of that, hey, if you're going to catch a ball and run for three yards... I mean, his long is 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 three, right? So yeah. it's literally just three three yard passes. Not what you, not the best thing in the world, but yeah. I mean, we'll take consistent yardage. Yeah, for sure. And I I've talked about this last year too, and it's not like this is crazy. But Matt Lafleur, he's talked a lot about players having certain roles. Obviously, Mercedes Lewis being a blocking guy. You know, uh, back in the day, it would be like Tyler Irvin and his little jet sweep stuff. It's nice to see the clear roles with the rookies, too. Christian Watson, jet sweep guy now, Romeo Dubs, this quick shit, even the short out that wasn't a completion. It seems like they're trying to get him the ball in these tight spaces, follow blockers. So we'll see how this improves going forward. But if nothing else, they'll have that baseline of touches going forward. Um, Moving on to tight end, Robert Tunyon, not much to talk about. Uh, Two receptions, 11 yards. Thought he was going to score on that one in the red zone. I had higher hopes, too. I I really, I know it's your favorite player of any Green Bay player ever of all time. Not true at all. So I, uh, I was just, for your sake, I was, (laughs) no, um, I, I, I joke, of course, because again, watching him for the past few years, I've, you know, we've seen him progress. And again, yeah, like you said, I, I totally thought he was going to score there. And I I just keep thinking he's going to have a game where he eats up six targets or, or right. something for five catches and 50 yards. And I thought, you know, because in fan duels, we talk about the fan duels. I don't bet on the games, but I like making like two fan duel lineups. Sure. And go from there because I swapped him out or I swapped, uh, I think, dubs out to put Tunning in after I saw Elton was playing. But now we're seeing a different thing here where, you know, before and it's still the same thing. You're looking for that red zone touchdown from Tunyon. But now with Devontae Adams being gone, it is crazy to see the spread. And people have talked about this. You know, Sammy Watkins led the team with four targets. Then it was Aaron Jones with three, Randall Cobb with three, Romeo Dubs with three, Alan Lazard with three, Tunyon with two, Christian Watson with three, A.J. Dillon with three. So it's just... It really is spreading the ball out, which is what we've been looking for these past few seasons instead of just well, trying to only get the ball of Devontae Adams. You'd force so. it to him on a third down or, or a second and long, 
And, you know, the defense knows that's going to happen, too. So it'd be an impossible situation. And then you say it gives you talking points just like week one. You know, you go in and say, oh, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we run the ball? And they're just forcing it to their playmaker. And and it doesn't it works, well, obviously, I, until it doesn't. But I don't think we're going to force the ball to Robert Tunney. What no, I, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It's nice that we don't not say it's nice. But we don't have Devante. Obviously, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm, saying that. Yeah. But it, like you're saying, I think me and uh, everyone else can agree having six receivers that you can spread the ball throughout is better than one. Yes. Yeah. And you know, it's once again, probably, you know, being a little hypersensitive to the divisional round game where Devonte had like 18 targets or whatever. And everyone else had like one or two, but either way, we'll see once Bakhtiari comes back, then I would probably like start Robert Tunney in fantasy leagues. But until that happens, he's going to be staying in and blocking a little bit more. Uh, Josiah Dequara, we saw him a little bit more in the H-back role, once again, running the ball a little bit more. He did have 15 snaps, but we're seeing he is truly the guy who takes that kind of H-back fullback role now with that Dominic Daphne is in Denver as well. And then Big Dog, he was out there 50% of the time, and he's usually just on Yasha's left side helping him out chipping. So speaking of the offensive line there, have to talk about the guys who came back. Elton Jenkins, bit of a surprise to him playing. And then it was uh, Runyon at left guard who must have passed the concussion protocol on Saturday. But yes, surprising to see Elton Jenkins out there. You know, he's been off the PUP for a while, but 10 months after tearing your ACL, still very impressive to see that. And, you know, they kept saying he was rusty, but. Do you have the average on, on what that is off an ACL? It's I just don't know. Like I mean, no. like I, I just don't know. Is that like is that good? Is that is that is that quick? Is that long? Uh, I, for roughly, you want to say I always assume a year. Okay. I always assume a yeah, year out. No. So he he tore it in November last year. I remember because it was so a he's white back earlier or, or on track at least. He's not like yes. Him and Robert Tunyon were both very okay. well ahead of schedule. Cool. And as a lot of people have seen as well, Matt Lafleur after the game in the post game press conference said that if Elton didn't play, they would have probably lost the game, which is a pretty incredible uh, wow. statement to make. Yeah, because I that's some praise for a game that you won by two, three scores. I what? think so. We'll get into that with take news with David Bakhtiari. I think there's some messaging going on here as well. But I just thought the statement was funny from Lafleur saying if he didn't play, they would have lost, not because of like the point differential, but yes, it's very. Nice for Elton to hear that, but imagine being Jake Hansen, who gets moved to the bench. Your head coach literally just said that if you started and you played football, which is your job, your team would have lost. You are worth a deficit of 17 or more points. <laughs> when you're on the field, that's how bad you are. Literally. Or maybe it's, you know, Royce Newman is just that much better at guard, but pretty <laughs> a pretty incredible statement to Wild. see a uh, head coach say. Uh Josh Myers, we can talk about him, probably his worst game as a pro. Like mentioned earlier, he whiffed, <laughs> or he had the uh, too bad, well, he had the snap that hit Watson. He whiffed on a couple blocks, didn't look all that great. Um, but he did pull a couple times with Newman. It's weird because in off the ball online, he's not the best uh, at just blocking straight up, it seems like right now. But when you get him in space running, he is an absolute fucking freight train. We saw that a few times with him and Newman just running. Uh, like I said, running and playing was a bit of a surprise. Very nice to see him out there and not have to struggle with where we go. Is it going to be Jake Hansen or Zach Tom? And Yash didn't play great. And I don't know what it was. I'm sure you saw on the Quinn, the Robert Quinn sack, uh, who had, you know had the second most sacks last year, so it shouldn't yep. be that surprising. But 
uh, <laughs> Yasha did this weird thing when he was stepping and kicking back where he like raised the roof with his left I hand, which is one. very strange. I'm sure it's some, you know, trying to get your fundamentals right, but that was very, I don't know, shot. It was weird to see that happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know much like, like you said, fundamentals on that. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just kind of assumed, you know what? He knows better than I do. I kind of didn't overthink it because I would have way overthought it so yeah. it was better me just to shut it off i guess it didn't help because the sack happened but yeah. it was just a very i want to just see a gif of him raising the like roof what what's that about yeah maybe it was just like a crowd hype up moment you know who knows yeah, right poorly. yeah either way i like seeing yash out there hopefully we won't see him out there in the near future with bakary coming back but even like the touchdown i love finding yash that first that first touchdown at least where he the way he celebrates and such a big dude it just Gets me. Oh yeah, gets no. me going. Well, that's the same thing. Like I mean, like we talked last week when when um, Zadarius and and Aaron yeah. Rodgers were going. It's just you like to see. Not to go back to him, but you like to see the guys who who you're watching. It's still get just pumped. a kid's game. Exactly. I'm mm-hmm. saying you love to see it, and it's like they're pumped. You know, they smile like yeah, you see, it. you know, and it's just <laughs> or like I think there was a a, a play when Aaron Jones kind of slid into the Bears uh, sideline. After like running for like twenty seven yep. yards, and he kind of does this little flick of the hand as a first down right in their face, and like he's smiling. Obviously, that you know he's yeah. kind of an asshole, but uh, it's it's fun. It makes it seeing those little small celebrations, uh, or even like the touchdown. Um, you, you always go back to Donald Driver back in the day, the first downs where he put his entire shoulders and flip them and just point forward. Yeah, so, uh, love that. Uh, but with that, that is all we have with the offense. We will have a quick. Commercial break. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc and we are back with the defense uh classic packers defense pet and defense dom capers defense where they look awful at the beginning the first quarter you kind of wonder if they even had a game plan but they eventually settle in and hold the opponent to a low score obviously 10 points is pretty cool We'll start off at cornerback. You yep. could, sorry, you could quickly say okay. the last f- six quarters yep. of Packer football, they have held their opponents <laughs> to three points. If we, yeah, if we just got rid of the first two quarters of the Let's Viking see, game yeah. and you go back to the Niners game, even, <laughs> it's like it's hardly any points I at mean, all. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah okay. So that's all. That's it's all. too bad we can't do that. Yes. Uh, starting off at corner, Jagger Alexander. Once again, he's a pretty good football player. Got a little worried on that EQ play. He was, there was a couple of plays last year too, just in coverage, I think, where he got burnt. We'd always see the graphics of, you know, he's only, he hasn't allowed a receiver over 50 yards. And I think that happened like twice last year before he got hurt. But anyways, the last thing I should be doing is bitching about J.R. Alexander's play. But um, yeah, great game. Obviously had the pick late. 
We're starting to see he's uh, <laughs> not the best in the run game. In the Niners game in the playoffs last year, too, on that third and eight, he did miss a tackle. Not like you can expect much out of a corner in the run game anyways. And he did have that one missed tackle on Herbert in the first as well. Ryan Wood from the Green Bay Gazette brought that up to Jair and how uh, he said how, you know, you were second in on the team in tackles your rookie year. And he asked him if he misses tackling. And he said, no, I get paid to cover. So he <laughs> set that straight pretty pretty clear. And like I said, too, he, you know, had the fourth fourth down pushback to not, not a hell of a lot more you can say about yeah, Jair Alexander. I mean, that's, that's what you asked for, right? Yeah. Uh, moving on to Razul Douglas. I love him. He's just one of those energy guys, kind of like, you know, when you get a touchdown and everyone's celebrating. It's like Razul, when he makes a play, he lets everyone know. And he had those back-to-back plays in the second or third quarter, I believe, where he just sniffed out the screen. He was almost too early. Like, he had to trip and fall and get back up so he didn't outrun the play. And then the very next play, I think he had a tackle at, like, the line of scrimmage as Fun. well. Absolutely great to watch. And it's nice to see our defense finally, I mean, years past, we've been just stomped on, you know, holding an offense that could be pretty productive, you mm-hmm. know, is is great. Yeah, and I, you know, when I think of Razul Douglas, you think of the Cardinals play last year, but when my mental image in my head is him, like, looking up, just yelling after a play, which is awesome. Yes. You, know, you want those emotions. Fun, guy, fun guys on the field to make your entertainment of watching the game more enjoyable as well. Exactly. That's part of football. Seriously. And no, exactly. Aaron Rodgers, too, this offseason said uh, he compared Razul to Woodson as far as how smart he is. So, oh. And once again, I've, I've mentioned it a few times last year. The big thing with Razul Douglas, obviously he was a surprise signing last year, or at least that he was that good. You know, he signed a midseason. No one really wanted him. He was on a practice squad. Literally, Jerry Gray, the defensive backs coach, taught him how to watch film in the NFL. He simply was not taught well enough how to watch film properly. And now that he and is, that made the difference. That made the difference. And now he's you know jumping balls and wow, sniffing out screens like learning this. how to improve his game. And especially if Rogers is saying he's one of the smarter guys out there, yeah, to get it, that's incredible. Went from being a practice squad player to signing a three-year contract. Whoever for like overlooked that in the first place, I mean. Well, yeah, even last year, too, because Razul was a second or third round pick. He just never caught on early wow. in his career. Yeah. Uh, finishing it off, Eric Stokes, he had a pretty nice pass breakup, too. He's He played a halfway decent game as well. Safety, bit of a bounce back game, but not that much for both of them. Adrian Amos has had a weird back to back. He had another, you know, the whole the run game as a whole or run defense as a whole wasn't very good. There was multiple times where. Amos missed a tackle, and Savage has this neat little trick where he misses a tackle, and he's somehow able to recover, run back around, and finish the tackle. They'll both be back and better, but uh, I don't know. Some, especially Amos in a contract year, we're still figuring some things out in front of him, but you'd expect a little bit more from that. Well, I do have a question on on your take on that because okay, I will try to answer. Are my best. we going to expect the Packers' run D just to be a little bit less than great for the remainder of the year? Is I mean, I think David Montgomery had like 120 some yards yep. on like 15 or 20. I don't know something something under 20 rush attempts. Yep. So, and he had some big breakout plays too. Yep. Um, and then I think uh Herb is it? Fuck, help me out here with the Herbert. Herbert. Um, 
he was averaging like eight or ten. Yeah, or no, something. they they both did pretty well. I mean, they yeah, because Montgomery still finished with 122 yards. Right. So, so is that is that a is that a spot where our defense is just going to kind of so we'll, struggle with that? We'll a wait bit? and see. I guess I'll I'll move on here quick. Quay Walker, he's very exciting to watch. Obviously, we want to see him in space. We want to see him blitz more. Great in pass coverage. The play he made on Justin Fields on the goal line was incredible. Yes. But outside of that, he's a little bit suspect in the running game. There was a few times where you see him get sucked in and just like I, I see one of the like the Bears left guard is blocking Jerron Reed and then Quay ran up into it almost and he kind of takes himself out of plays. So that's been part yeah. of it. Like like I'm saying, it's the defense as a whole. We've got Jerron Reed on the defensive line. We've got Quay at linebacker and then we've got Amos and Savage back there trying to figure out exactly how they're going to navigate it. Last year, uh, the Packers' defense was the worst per carry in the NFL, so oh. we are still recovering from okay. that. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have that stat line. Okay. Yeah, it's weird because we would have games where teams just wouldn't run on us, but when they did, they'd fucking gash us. Like that Browns game on Christmas. Right. If Nick Chubb would have had ten more rushes than he did, you know, Baker had like fucking five picks. Oh yeah, the Browns would have probably won that game, especially that last drive no as doubt. well. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see with what's going to happen with the run defense. Once again, Quay is awesome. Very excited to see his career moving forward. But yeah, I the mean, run D is. I'm not even Campbell. Campbell right now, uh, Devondre Campbell, he has more missed tackles this year than I believe he did all of last year. Don't quote me on that, but okay. it's pretty close to it at this. Because our pass defense, I mean, I'm I'm solid on. I yeah. have no real oh, concerns. Yeah. But it's it's the run D. It it yeah. It's it's. I just don't want to expect to see every rush attempt go for ten yards. And it just sucks too because it's it's that. I think Hank said it last year where I'd rather them just score in a couple quick plays and it be over rather than this a long it takes a hit of morale. Yes. You know? Yeah. And you're drained too. The defense gets yeah. pretty tired after that. Because then the next set of down or the next you know turnover, they're they're coming back out there and passing all on you. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Uh, moving on to outside linebacker. Uh, here is one of the stats for uh, front seven players creating pressure in the NFL. Um, these are the top seven linebackers and defensive linemen in percent of pass rush snaps resulting in a pressure among guys with at least 30 pass rushes. Okay, okay so sure. baseline there. I'll just say who the Packers are in the top 10. Rashawn Gary is seventh. Kenny Clark is fifth. And number one is Preston Smith. Wow. Yep. Preston that is solid. Yeah. Preston Smith probably, you know, he had a couple of good plays. A lot of them seem to be just knucklehead plays on the offensive line for the Bears. But still, I mean, you can't ask for more. He finished with seven tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, six hurries and three QB hits. Uh, I really enjoyed the play where he, he ran around uh, fields and like looped a double yeah. all around the right tackle and then tackled him from the front. That was pretty fun to see. Um, yeah, it's. Preston Smith has had this weird thing, too, where every other year his stats have been good, and then he has a down year. But so far, so good for having two solid years in a row. Mix it up a little bit there, and, yeah, get get back-to-back, back, uh, nothing terrible. So, I, I mean, yeah, our pass rush, I love watching that. The pressure on the QB consistently is, mm-hmm. is solid and fun to watch. Yes, yes, absolutely. Especially fields, too. It's funny, like I said, that last, that last play, you flush him out of the pocket, and you're like, oh, shit, we couldn't finish, but then he ends up throwing a pick anyways. Uh, Rashawn Gary, still uh, very solid. You know, another sack this game, too. Uh, tackle for loss where he immediately just beat the tackle um, on a bull rush. And that seems to be like his move. We see a lot of, you know, it's in the intro, too, of him going through the training and being Bane Gary. But 
he doesn't have the finesse moves. It's when he bull rushes, he absolutely just dominates dudes. And he had the, uh, it's very fun to see. It's almost like the, uh, God, is it Mike Pinnell? The, def- the defensive lineman back in the day who like ran up at the line of scrimmage and just ran a couple dudes over. Rashawn Gary, when he gets a head start and runs into a tackle, that one clip's going kind of semi-viral. Yeah, and and over. He just fucking, like you can't stop Rashawn Gary if he gets a, you know, five stride head start and then he runs into you. He's pummeling you down. Yeah, he's an absolute fucking animal. Uh, moving on to the defensive line. Kenny Clark, like I talked about, he does have a lot of pressures for a defensive lineman. He is the second highest rated player on the defense for this game. He also right now is graded as, um, I know he's he's more disruptive than Aaron Donald has been so far this year. In less snaps, he has more pressures and more sacks. Um, but yeah, other than that. Aaron still, Donald was number one overall last year, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, he's, by far. he's usually like far just, and away the best yeah, defensive okay. lineman, yes. Um, he had the, uh, Kenny had the Reggie White, shoulder shrug play again this week and it's really just kind of waiting for the rest of the defensive line to play up to kenny to kenny's play we made a lot about jerron reed signing obviously drafting devonta wyatt who's been a bit of a letdown but it's just his rookie year either way but waiting to see if dean lowry uh jerron reed and hopefully tj slayton too who when tj's getting more snaps kenny can be a lot more dangerous so we'll just have to see what happens there and that should also help settle down the run game but uh yeah, that's the defense. Are there any defensive plays where you were like, why did we run that? Like anything that you were like, I, th- I that you completely disagreed with, you know? No, no it, none of that. Well, no, it's it's strange too because I've seen this thrown out there quite a bit. The Packers haven't blitzed at all this year. We've had very, um, it's been just the guys on that front seven, either the you defensive almost haven't needed to, to create the pressure that you're looking for. I mean, exactly. So it's been as you know stale and boring as possible, but obviously it worked fine against like, the Bears. I mean, if I'm understanding that stat you said a few minutes back ago correctly, I'm I'm still mind boggled by it. Out of the top thirty players, you or sorry, out of the top ten players, you said mm-hmm. yeah, we have three, have three of them. I mean, and that's out of thirty-two. That's insane. Yeah, that but is... it's stats lie. You find sure. I obviously you find the right ones. That, yeah, okay. Because okay. once again, I've ta- brought the play up a few times now. Justin Fields' last throw of the game, he was pre- there was two pressures on that play. Kenny Clark and I think Rashawn Gary flushed right. him. Right. Yep. It led to an incomplete pass, but it's two pressures. It's a violent play. You know, it's it's a pressure play from a defensive player. It's a positive, but it's not like it had a ton that yeah, really. No, I just I guess what I wanted to make sure not make sure, but just see if you were kind of on on par with our defensive play calling your head coach. You don't change your defensive <laughs> coach. Sorry, you don't change yeah. much. I mean, Joe Barry isn't a NFL intellectual, I would say, but he's still he knows he's getting it done. He knows so much more than me. Yes. Cool. Moving on to special teams. Last thing to break down on this game. Once again, I am just over Mari Rogers. I know he had that nice return of 20 yards. In the punt, the punt return for 20 yards, he had a decent kick return, too, for 25. But I just don't really care at this point. Even that one where he had the 20-yard return, if you or I were back there, we would have gotten at least 10. Like, I, it was so well blocked. And to follow it up later with that muff, it's like, I don't want to – I don't care how explosive you can be. If I have to worry about you dropping the punt, I don't want you back there. And even at his highs, Amari just – you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze at this point. I mean, again, like a Madden reference from last week, the guy's playing on pro 
mm. against mm-hmm. all pro. He's just his blockers are great. It's it's he's getting to the thirty yard line no matter what. Yeah, it and it's been getting better too with the special team settling down a bit. Uh, Rudy Ford and Lovett showed up on the uh, coverage teams. You saw them both. Uh, I know Rudy Ford like got down there immediately. I I don't think there was any returns because both of these guys are just able to get down there so quickly. Uh, and O'Donnell too, former Bear, uh, obviously our punter now. Had two punts in this game. Guess how many yards the two punts went? Oh, gosh. I'm going to go 180. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. 120. 120. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You fi- you fi- so an average punt in the NFL is like 45 yards, I, Andrew. I, yeah, I remember <laughs> one of them. We were like on our 25-yard line, and I think didn't it go it was like 70 into yards. the end zone? Yeah. It went into the end zone. I was like, you don't see that. Like, yeah, you so don't see that happen. <laughs> so we had two punts for 122 yards, an but average of 61. I, I want to defend myself here quickly because I was like, I thought you don't see that happen, but then when you asked, I was like, maybe you do see that happen. Maybe that was the average. Two of those, you know, 80 yards, 160. So when anyway. You, when you said you said 180. Yeah, no, that's start. wild. Do you, yeah, d- no, that's, I, I understand that. Like, a 90-yard punt? Is would be b- remarkable yep. to do it twice from the 10 yard line <laughs> and you'd have to yeah. pin them no yep yep <laughs> I, I understand okay well you know what this is perfect uh andrew well you know what? we're gonna wait for that later we will uh is this the segment of uh is kyle an idiot? i was gonna say is kyle an idiot but we always we get, do take news first oh so perfect because we don't want to do get four wrong things in exactly, a row. that yeah. would be really belittling let everyone know how dumb you are yes, so yes we'll, uh, thank we'll you take news here football time <laughs> Take news. Right. Take news for the week. Uh, obviously, there has been a lot of talk about David Bakhtiari. Well, I would say, I mean, since he's been a Packer, but especially the last year with his knee. Obviously, everyone's wondering what's going on. Um, Elton Jenkins came back this week. David Bakhtiari has obviously had a lot of complications with his knee and so on. Well, you know. Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur both talked Elton up quite a bit after the game. Um, I just, you know, it. we see messaging in the NFL. We see coaches, players trying to control the narrative, or they say things, and especially now with Matt LaFleur, he's been a lot more tight-lipped on stuff. But he did speak out, obviously talking about Elton Jenkins this week, and obviously Rodgers gave him some praise too, but... I want to break it down a little bit because I think there's some messaging going on here for the team. So starting things off, uh, let's go back in time. This is August. This is, I believe, the week that David Bocchery came off the PUP list during training camp, and this was him on Pat McAfee's show. Come back, thought that was all normal, ended up needing to go get a, a, a scope, which then pushed it, it back further to the Lions game and then they're like, all right, I'm mean, like, okay, you guys want me to, like, well, let's, let's do this. Uh, and then after that game, I just, I wasn't able to rebound. It was in such a bad spot that there was no way that I could, I could gear it up to play and then push forward about, they said, uh, we talked about just take time off. You'll be good. Right. Kind of getting close to OTAs. I'm like, Hey, I don't feel good still. So then, um, for another scope and I felt initially coming out, I felt really good. But then again, I have now three surgeries and shoot 20 months so and i never really got out of the first surgery and then you it just kind of it has a compounding effect so now i have to kind of work off three surgeries and all the you know with the atrophy the turning on the muscles again so it's just been taking a long time but i will say like this totally feels different than where i was last year all right so you know dave and once again for those who don't know you know he's had a 
the initial surgery, a couple cleanups after that. Played against Detroit. Rodgers pushed him to play against Detroit. Came out for like 20-some snaps. Haven't seen him play since. Um, so, you know, he's had some complications. Like you said there, I believe after OTAs, didn't feel right. Went and had another knee scope. So, fast forward now, you know, September, week two, Elton Jenkins towards ACL in November. He started week two. Pretty impressive. So, here is first Matt LaFleur talking about Elton Jenkins playing this week. And then lastly, just want to give a big shout out to, to Elton Jenkins showing up for us tonight. Um, I really don't think if he if he's not in the lineup, we don't win that game. And just it 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 transcends his his level of play, what he's able to bring to us. Um, you know, I thought first first night out, I thought he did a great job. And certainly, there's there's some things that he's gonna want to clean up, like like they all like every guy. And now, sorry for all the clips, but now here is Aaron Rodgers, who after the game, he talked up Elton Jenkins. But now even today on Tuesday, he talked him up once again on the Pat McAfee show. The fact that he was out there, I can't tell you how proud I am, the extent of how proud I am of, of Elton. Just, he'd been out for months and months, ACO, rehab. It's tough to get back out there and play after you've had a significant injury. You know, you got to get the confidence back and make a play. And I'm I'm just, I'm so proud of him. You know, he had a couple plays. I'm sure he wanted back. But the fact that he was out there, that's what success is. And that's what being a warrior is. And I said, I need need the warriors to show up, you know, to to prepare your mind and ready your hands for battle. And and I'm really proud of Elton for the way that he stepped up. So, before you, Andrew's just chomping at the bit to talk oh, here about God. this. He was unaware of this, you know, half an hour ago, and now yep. he's he's all... I gotta get caught up. He's all hyped up. Um, so, once again, and Rodgers doesn't say things, once again, Coach doesn't really say much of note anymore, and Rodgers doesn't say things that he hasn't calculated or thought about ahead of time. And to me, listening to what Matt and Aaron are saying, it really seems like that they're trying to get... David Bakhtiari to play. Now, obviously, I mean, it's tough to try to, you know, as fans, we've seen a lot of stupid shit of fans bitching to David Bakhtiari. Waste of money. You should cut him. Blah, blah, blah. That shit's ridiculous. That shit's stupid. But it does seem like we're getting to this point, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, bringing Dave down for this, but it does seem like it has turned into a mental thing, and he doesn't feel very sure about his knee right now. He is medically cleared. He's been he was medically cleared last year at the end of the year. Once again, he is medically cleared and it seems wow. like they're really trying to get him over this hump to play f- on the offensive line again. The biggest thing for me too, and I'm sorry for just going on here, but Roger's saying he wants warriors. He said that he wants someone to go and to battle with. And they both said they went out of their ways to say you know, even LaFleur saying, you know, we would have lost this game if Elton didn't play, but also said, I know he's still rusty. They're even putting in these qualifiers that, hey, Dave, even if you think you're coming back and you're not going to be 100%, it's okay to be rusty because that's still better you're than the alternative. You're a top-tier player in the NFL, and yep. we need you because you're one of our warriors. Ready your hands you're, and your bodies, quote, end quote. Even the 20-some snaps you played against the Lions last year were impressive. Right. So... Before we go further, mm-hmm. I have a question. <laughs> I, I do not watch the Pat show. 
yep. that often yep. or ever, uh, especially video. Do it, all it the is a guests, YouTube show. Do all the guests from the Packers wear the same shirt? Uh, they all wear different shirts. Okay. So my first sign. I don't know where this is going. Are you kidding? His if shirt? you watch. Okay. I, I know this is only an audio show. But if you watch <laughs> and you go to Bakhtiari. Okay. Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. <laughs> Bakhtiari. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, you, Mr. B. Um, no, you go and you see his clip. He's in a, a green and yellow shirt with a three on it. Uh-huh. Aaron Rodgers, in his interview today, <laughs> is in the exact same shirt. They have So they have different shirts. I think they all have like the same workout shirt. Like, okay. They give them lifting So they're shirts. just wearing their workout shirt. I Especially, thought maybe Aaron was signaling, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? If we're talking about sending a message, so, he's clearly saying, I need my warriors. Well, he's wearing us the same shirt that another, you know what I mean? So like, you thought there was verbal messaging and non-verbal messaging I thought messaging we were subliminal, <laughs> basically just <laughs> okay. straight up saying, Bakhtiari, get your ass in gear. Duh. I mean, Bakhtiari. Yeah, I think it, you can't pick it up on the mic, but that's what I'm saying. Mm, that's not happening at all. <laughs> yes, it's picking up just fine with me. But yes, either way, it's a very interesting thing. And uh, even a couple more things. Ryan Wood last week said David Bakhtiari would be out the first two weeks. Uh, so maybe we'll see him this next week. But the other weird thing was even at the beginning of the year, Rob Demofsky had a report that Bakhtiari feels good to go week one. And then soon after that, Bakhtiari even tweeted saying, I didn't say that, like slow your roll a little bit. Once again, Rob, a lot of people are hot and cold on him. But I think that's another piece of evidence that I think he double-checked that. One, he talked to Dave, who was giving him the coach speak, like, yeah, I feel good to go. But I think he talked to guys within the organization, too, like, hey, is Dave good to go? And they were like, yeah, he is physically good to well, go. Well, here's a question. Happen. If you're medically cleared, I don't know how this works with salaries. I don't know if you do. You're yeah. medically cleared. How can you just sit and say i'm injured you know I, maybe is that just a, is, if the coaches say it's okay it's okay but if they say hey i want you to play and you say no even though you're don't have any medical reason not to will will have still to get old you're, i mean you're not playing it's it's tough because you know david bakhtari that contract i believe it was like a hundred million dollars right and obviously so it's like he's that, not that, that's like a fucking business tearing his acl on purpose but i mean we'll nonetheless, see we'll see if he's out there on. Week three, obviously, we've seen other things like this recently in professional sports with like Ben Simmons and I forgot who the other player uh, for the Spurs who reminds me of Romeo Dubs. Anyways, you know, I think eventually he will play, but you can't force a guy to play who doesn't feel good about his knee and this is his livelihood. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, if, if it becomes a bigger problem, he would be thrown on the injured reserve. We'll see what happens there, but. Either way, not knocking Dave, just saying it appears that's what is going right. on here. And if Dave, I, you take your time until you're healthy. Mm -hmm. We don't want to upset Dave. Never. No, we no. love we love him. He yeah, likes drinking absolutely. beer. He's a cool guy. He was a late-round pick and turned seems, into the best tackle in the NFL. So Of course. Seems like a great freaking guy. Yeah. And with that, is Colin an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. Andrew. Is Kyle an idiot for the week? You are an astonishing zero for three on the year. Probably a new record. I don't know if Kyle ever did that. So Yeah, Kyle's a, a little smarter than I am. So yeah. give so him that. We will see. You know, it worked well last week. We'll try it again. Andrew, here's your first question. Thank you. Which one of these <laughs> humans is a former Green Bay Packer? Fuzzy Thurston? Ian No? Ron Woodruff? 
And these are all persons? These are all persons. Okay. These are all human beings. Um, can I get that third name again, please? Ron Woodruff. Final answer, three. Ron Woodruff? Yes. Okay, well, you are once again wrong. <laughs> the correct answer is Fuzzy Thurston. He was an offensive lineman for the glory days, the Lombardi days for the Green Bay Packers. Ian No is an alternative country slash country artist who I like. And Ron Woodruff was uh, the character who I believe was a real person. I could be wrong. It might have been well, based in fact or fiction. Was Matthew McConaughey's character in Dallas Buyers Club, who I believe died of AIDS. Yes, that's a great, great movie. Yep. So there you go. 0 and 4 on the season. Let's see if we can keep this going. Question you know, number like, two. I, not, not to derail, but I literally probably spent five <laughs> hours in the past week. I'm not kidding. Doing Packers trivia online. I avoid and that shit. Yeah. I, I just like, I'm like, I'm going to come up impressing everyone this is uh year four of of the of the podcast and we've gone through literally you know well over a hundred trivia questions so it's uh you might not be getting any of those uh, cookie cutter ones so great job owen four speaking of four question number two but it's brett Favre. Mr. Uh, Brett Favre, he's been, I don't know if you've seen this, he's been in the news over the last week. Uh, some money-making news, so yes. roll along with that. Can you name me two products Brett Favre has endorsed in the past? I can. Jeans as a product. Okay, that is, that's like saying milk <laughs> or water. Levi's, Levi's. And, okay. Uh, uh, um, God, there's a, a shaving, uh, a shaving product that he is... Uh, all about i'm gonna go though differently here those are not my final answers i'm just i'm just speaking mm-hmm, uh, i'm mm-hmm. gonna go brett Favre steak house okay that that doesn't count fuck i gotta try you know i, I give me a gimme here <laughs> Jesus Christ. um okay fine i'm gonna go it's not levi's now that i say it it's wranglers very I'm good i was back, gonna say i was looking up to wrangler. see if wrangler was no, like yeah, a subset I, of no levi's. i thought about it for a second there and i was like no it's not levi's he's got okay. the straight the straight wranglers okay you have one um now get the second one okay Second one. There's a lot. Yeah, no. He's got the... I, I can literally see him shaving his face as it's going <laughs> salt and pepper. Um, it's a shaving cream product. It's not shaving cream. It Or it's a razor then. Um, and I, it's a straight edge razor. No, maybe it's not. God. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Volleyball courts. <laughs> Good guess, but I will not accept that. I'll just run through some of them here. These please, are all the ones please. I can find. Snapper, which is the uh, lawn mowing. Uh, you know, it's one of the larger lawn mowers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remington, the hunting brand. Sears, Prilosec, OTC. I remember those commercials back yeah. in the day. MasterCard, Wrangler, Copperfit. That's a big one. That's the, uh, like, r- not wristbands, but the, like, You uh, got to tell me the sleeves. face product. You got to tell me because I, I see it. Micro touch. Is that the touch? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, was I my, it was the thin like, little okay. ra- electric the, razor. I, saw, I remember seeing gray hairs on his face. It was like right after he retired. Yes. Yeah, the uh, the okay. commercials were classic. Uh, God. The Hyundai. He's in a Hyundai commercial. Green Eagle CBD. This is a newer one. Oh, wow. Uh, there is Sirius. He has a Sirius show or did sure. at least. And then there is the, the most recent one is the Hollow app, which is some... Uh, Christian like prayer app thing like oh. you can pray with Brett Favre. So well, good, good for him. Very he's good for him. On, he's also on uh, that cameo. Parole I know. Soon? Yeah, I know. I'd love cameo uh, for the sake of what it is, and 
it is i don't i don't I've, even know there, there's never, plenty to talk about that but i've never used cameo for anything no but yes, of course not of course uh, not brett's not having a very good week he seems to be a pretty horrible person uh something else that's horrible you at trivia it looks like you were yes. 0 and five no on the no hang on hang on i get a half a point okay well we'll see where that half so usually with the half points well when we revisit and get another half point depending on which way I that like goes, that. you might lose as long it, so as long we, as i get a little credit here and there we'll, we'll see. see okay here is the third question andrew are you ready i hope so Okay, the Packers play Brady this week, and then the Patriots, the following one. What was Aaron Rodgers' record versus Brady as a Patriot? I actually am going to go 0-0 in the regular season. Okay, okay. They played twice. They did. Okay, because I remember, well, I thought... Matt there Flynn, Matt Flynn played one. A I think time Brady might have been yeah, hurt for I one. remember like the, the first seven years. I remember like there was an injury, or and then they just they never got to play. There was the Matt Flynn game where the Packers should have won, but the Patriots okay. had a kick return from an offensive lineman that nearly scored. And yeah, because I was gonna say I, I do remember like it being a whole thing. So I'm gonna um, two games they played two, two games, games one and one. Very good. Yes, five hundred. Go. Bit of a bit of a nice little layup setup yeah, there. I Shout appreciate out Brett Favre you. Volleyball courts. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I appreciate you on that one. Um, <laughs> now I do want to go. Uh, you don't have to use. I'm just honestly, actually curious your opinion mm-hmm. on the whole the whole Brett Favre thing. <laughs> I mean, I it's something I like to avoid. Obviously, it's not a good thing to take tax dollars, especially tax dollars that are you know there for poor poor people or for you know welfare right. and all that. And he took it to. Make a volleyball stadium. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but mean, it's this story's been going on for about two years now, off no. and on. So we'll see what actually happens. Yeah, I just didn't know if you actually like followed and you had any inside info that I didn't. And no, it was actually I, not that he didn't know or whatever. You no, know what this I mean? is getting into real journalism with him and outside of sports journalism. And we'll see. He's okay. I think in the future we're going to get some more pictures of Brett Favre wearing a suit going into court. So that'll be interesting wow. in the coming months or years. But uh, hopefully they're Levi's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Yeah, get leave or uh, Wrangler to sponsor his uh, court suit. That would be great. Uh, with that, moving on, we do have another football game this week. The Green Bay Packers are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on uh, Fox three twenty five. Yes. Click click off kickoff. Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson once again on the call. Don't mind them, but they're pretty boring. Kevin Burkhart isn't very good in big moments. He tries to yell, and it just doesn't sound Yeah, right. he gets excited. Yeah. Uh, Vegas, uh, last, well, when I wrote this last night, had the Bucks as three-point favorites, which is pretty good. Of course, as everyone knows, Vegas gives you three points for being the home team. Uh, the over-under was originally set at 48, but dropped to 45 after Mike Evans got suspended, I assume. So I don't know how much it's that line has moved since then. 41, as of 6 p.m. tonight. It is two and a half uh, towards the Bucks. Okay. And it is um, 41? 41 and a half. You know, I thought I saw that it last down night, too. There was so some different heavy. lines yeah, going because on. Yeah. I, but I don't understand, I guess, why Mike Evans makes that big of a... Everyone's saying, oh, run game, run game, run game. And I, I mean, like... Like our receiver core is the same as it was last week and the week before. Okay, well let me. Let okay, me, let there me, you go. Well, we can get into the Vegas odds later. That's no, fine. no. I'm just asking about the game flow in yeah. general. Well, here we go. We're running through. So the Bucks are two and zero. Brady's back. You know, for how bad he was or how pissed off he got last week, he they're still a two and zero team on offense. Brady is obviously the quarterback, trying to avoid a divorce with his wife. His offensive line has been 
pretty banged up all year, and that's led to Brady being pretty average, uh, not not the whole stat padding that we've seen in the past. Not sure who will be out there at wideout. Obviously, as we've said, Mike Evans is suspended after the fight. He, you know, he was fighting in Tom Brady's honor against the Saints. Fair enough. Suspended the one game. He was heard today. I think they'll probably make an announcement on Wednesday, so we will see there. Uh, Julio Jones and Chris Godwin both did not hurt. Or did not hurt. Did not play last week. They were hurt. So we'll see what the injury reports are looking like on Friday. But up in there, who the pass catchers are going to be. Uh, once again, Brady's having a pretty average year. Last week against the Saints, they did run the ball quite a bit. They had 30 rushes. Guess how many yards they had on 30 rushes? Um, 80. 72, an average of 2.4 yards. <laughs> Not very good. Yeah. Uh, sounds like fans are already getting a little restless with the new coaching staff. Bruce Arians was pushed out this offseason, it seems like, after <laughs> after Brady came back. Byron Leftwich is still the offensive coordinator, but they've been a little bit more run-heavy, and it hasn't been all that great to start the well, year. Fournette, they're, right? I mean, he's not, like, a, a top 10 back anymore. I mean, he I, I he really was pretty good last year, he's though. A power he's, back, he, but, like, he's not. Yeah, he, he had a rough go in Jacksonville and was kind of, you know, I guess the yeah, they got Bortles throwing. I mean, you're, the whole time, what you're He's, always throwing the ball. You're not running much. He was still okay. a key piece for why they run. No, you're the Super right. Bowl two yep. years ago, I'm moving on to the defense. This is obviously what Tampa Bay is known for. It's still very good. Devin White and Levante David are their two inside linebackers that are absolute studs. That's what we hope Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker can turn into. They're probably the best duo in the league. White has 19 tackles and three sacks, a forced fumble on the season already. Uh, Antonio Winfield Jr. Everyone obviously remembers his dad being a very good corner for the Vikings. Vita Vey is still a great player for him. Shaq Barrett is good as well and had seven pressures week one, which is pretty fucking crazy. Gene, uh, Gene, I almost said Gene Dean. Jarnell Dean has two picks on the season. Safety Mike Edwards has a pick, had a pick six last week. And through two games, they have allowed just 13 points. They have four picks, 10 sacks on the season. Uh, could just be that they played Dallas and the Saints, but we'll see. But either way, that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Andrew, any other thoughts that you want to say now that you couldn't wait earlier for? Well, I think the Saints were favored in that first game. It so was it's at home. not like the Saints are garbage, or were supposed to be garbage at least, right? The Saints do have a very good defense. Their offense is kind of in question now, too, just with the quarterback and Sean Payton leaving. But the Saints, especially like you know, divisional games, you never know, and the NFC South as well. Home games seem to be very important. It seems like the Saints pull out some some unexpected victories when they're right. playing at home. Everything I see is supposed to be a very um, run heavy game mm-hmm. and and not much you know in the quarterback's hands. And even if that is the case, I even if you put Fournette in there as a top running back, I, I take AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones as a duo. Right? But they don't play each other. That's the thing. They're not, well, you know, AJ Dillon and Aaron no, Jones. No, of course not. Of course not. But I'm saying they're they're. <laughs> uh, if you put them in an arm wrestling match, the two guys mm-hmm. versus Fournette. No, joking. Thank but, you. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Now that is an analogy I can understand. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um. But no, I don't know. I feel. I hate to say confident in anything, but I just feel like we're going to see a lot more scores, if anything, than what that line sets us at. Sometimes it's yeah. easy to understand those lines because if Vegas was saying it was going to be 49 and and now with just just even the the injury or sorry the suspension um I I don't think he's alone 9 points Mike Evans. Yeah, well 
I don't know. We'll see. I don't think it's just Mike Evans. It's probably Vegas also getting smart too. And realizing some of the other stuff going on. Well, okay. not, even, not even that. It's just the Packers have struggled as a whole playing in Florida for yeah. just about ever. No. You know, we saw it a last year, team. Week, week one. I remember even uh, playing the Bucks. Josh Freeman, we lost to him when they were a bad team back. We don't play these hot weather early games very well down in Florida. So that's definitely part of it. It's like um, a Bermuda versus a KBG. Where, where a Bermuda. A Bermuda. A Bermuda time. Yes, yes. The, the Bermuda does much better in Florida <laughs> and the KGB or KBJ, whatever the fuck. KGB, I was yes. great defensive end. Yeah, okay. Packers, I was going there, for yeah. the grass. Uh, yeah. Cold season grasses. You know, we're a cold sure. season team. Kentucky Blue. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's. we'll see. Like I said, again, the offensive line is banged up for Tampa. Fournette's kind of a weird player. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if we may wake up on Monday and I see the score and, you know, the Packers lost by a few points and they were running for six yards of carry and just ran all over us. It's, I, I it would seems be. to be our weakness and especially going up against a veteran quarterback like Tom Brady, veteran quarterbacks always historically, whoever the defensive coordinator is for the Packers, the quarterback's always able to find a way and pick apart our defense. So that mixed with a suspect running defense right now, still even with Fournette and a bad offensive line could cause some troubles for the Packers. I would be shocked if you wake up on Monday morning and Period. you see uh, the line and are surprised because <laughs> if you don't watch the game, I would be like, that would be the most confusing thing yeah, in, in, of, of everything that you said today. Something in the really bad probably happened. Well, yeah, if, no, if, if you yeah. wake up and have to look at the score, <laughs> like you're, it's, it's more of a figure of speech, but sure. I understand what you're I, saying. Do you have any other thoughts on this game, Andrew, or are you ready for some bold predictions? Yeah, I think I'm ready for bold predictions. Okay, um, cool. Well, let's start with your score prediction then. My score prediction. Yep. I, I think We were pretty good last week. We were just off eight points. Not yeah. bad. Margin of victory. You know, Packers are better than we expected. So, so far, so good. And your yeah. bold prediction, quote-unquote, uh, was I'm going. I'm going 23 to 20. Okay. Green Bay Packers. All right. Very good. In a semi-low scoring game. Okay. Once again, we have a very similar score. I have the Packers winning 23 to 21. Wow. <laughs> so we were off a point. We we don't set this up. Not like no, it would be I, impressive anyways. But uh, very com- Again, probably out of all the scores we've set so far, they're three very of the most common scores in a football. I mean, what, 28? 23 isn't even that common. 20, I, 21, and 24 would all be more common. Well, so the it's reason that we I'm, both I'm said going that. the 23 side is, is because I'm taking all that shit everyone's reading online oh it's a run heavy game so we're not going to score you know their defense is so good i like this voice that you're using yes. this is the it's, media I, I wanted the b2b data guy come back uh, a little bit there you go. but yeah. no um i think we get the ball down into the red zone and That's tampa bay's defense yep. does not allow us to score a touchdown they don't do as well yep. in which we take the other route mm-hmm. and kick a field goal there we go for three points <laughs> and enough go. of those will be at 23 all right cool i like that breakdown yes. i could see that happening moving on bold predictions andrew what is your bold prediction for yes, this game? Yes, yes. My bold prediction mm-hmm. of this game. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna say mm-hmm. that Robert Tanyan mm-hmm. scores two touchdowns. Okay. Okay. And I say that because, because? of the run defense. Or sorry, excuse me, the pass defense <laughs> that we're going okay. up against. I think I read somewhere actually not read in the, the fan duels. Pretty looking. Mm-hmm, very, I think uh, Tampa Bay is uh, it's only two games, obviously, but um, they are 
one like of the best 17. against is it worst against tight ends i assume is where yeah you're going yeah they're like this? medium bad against tight ends and okay. very very good against wide receivers okay so if we are gonna throw the ball and get some tutties i think tanyan's an option that we okay. can look at sure not bad and on top of that i thought you were gonna say this but you didn't uh if david bakhtari does play i would think uh robert tanyan's gonna be running yeah. somewhere else so oh wow no that's very good i like that when uh, did we find out more on bakhtiari so, so they have, uh, for everyone listening at home, this is why you set it up. You don't want anyone to feel stupid who's listening right now. They have their in- injury report throughout the week. They say who practices throughout the week, and it's not until, I forget if it's Thursday or Friday, that they release uh, who who's out, who's questionable, whatever. But you don't know who's actually playing until 90 minutes before kickoff. Because I've never been more invested in some kind of conspiracy slash, you know, I'm going to... Well, I'm going to go back to these uh, interviews and see the shirts. If if there's more <laughs> of these green and yellow number three shirts, because if there's not and they're the only two or, or very rarely, there's something because that's a straight up signal <laughs> at Bakhtiari to say, hey, I'm talking Moti. about you, my warrior, <laughs> you know, okay. get your hands and your body ready. Perfect. Yes. And I hope I hope they're ready on Sunday. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to my bold prediction. I you know we've talked about on my was a little negative on him for the run game stuff. I have Quay Walker. I'm going to say he's going to have a sack and cause a turnover on Sunday. His first career sack and his first uh, first turnover. Pretty bold, but uh, we'll we'll see if that happens. You know, he's due. He's that explosive playmaking dude. He's a dog. You would you would love to see it. Yeah, yeah. I would you love to see it? I would. Now, um, God, I just want to. Again, not even something we can do now, but I do want to take a peek at the two previous Tampa Bay games and <laughs> and see how many it's receivers they actually had that were worthwhile that in their opponents did I mean mm-hmm. so we can see because we don't have two studs. We have well, five uh, pretty so decent guys. Last week alone they went up against Mike Thomas and uh the rookie the rookie oh, out of Ohio State. Um, so their two corners can shut down two great studs who don't have really any other core. Sure. But we got five, not to say well-rounded, but medium to decently well-rounded. Yeah, medium rare. Um, That that are actionable. You know, I mean, like you just said, Aaron Rodgers has seven different guys he targeted four times or three or four times last week. Yeah. So if you, what I'm trying to say by that is, sure, they might I'm shut lost. down. They might shut down two, three guys. Of our wideouts? Of our wideouts. But then but we then just feed Tunyon? You just, you just feed Tunyon. That's so why you just wanted to go back to how confident you are in your... Anyone with those prediction. FanDuel lineups. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Moving on to everyone's favorite part of the week. If you could please leave a five-star review, that would be cool. We actually got a few uh, ratings last week. Very very nice. Very cool. Um, much appreciated from everyone. Much appreciated. Uh, very cool. If you want to do that again, that would be great. Or leave a review on the I- Apple iTunes store on spotify you can just leave ratings five star ratings that'd be cool if you want to take a screenshot of your rating email it to us at pmp podcast or dm it to us on twitter we will if you give me your address we will send you a free koozie and still god if if you're listening out there and you listened last year uh bug me again because hank gave me all his postcards for uh hank miss last year i've got a couple other goodies i can hand out with the koozie so email me dm me and i can send you guys a few things but uh, yeah, that and what else? I don't know if you if you need a place to watch the game on Sunday, go to Lynn Lake. Yeah, it's good, honestly 
the beer, I'll say this too, the beer is much better than the Herkimer's beer was back in the day. We love the Herkimer, but the beer was awful. The, the Herkimer will always have a place, you know, in, inside my heart there. Mm-hmm. Not in Minneapolis, but in my heart. And it Like an ex-girlfriend, but you got to move on to the new one. <laughs> exactly. Your exactly. new wifey, and that is Lynn uh, Lake for us. Yes, exactly. Um, but no, I the beer's good, and again, mm-hmm. the dogs. They got those that Mohawk beer coming up. Mm-hmm. Mohawk dogs. poodles. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, looking forward to this game. I keep... I keep thinking that the Bucks aren't very good, even the last three years, and they still end up fucking beating us. So hopefully, I feel like hopefully the d- divorce is enough. It's that, one of those that things that, that every Brady's time, the, I mean, you know, it's funny that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have played what more as a Buccaneer than in the past three years, yeah. than they did entirely as as a Patriot. Well, I mean, you, the amount of time, yes, it's surprising, but still AFC, NFC, it happens. Uh, no, of course, yes. it's just two of the biggest names in in quarterback football in this a lot, in our in a our lot more era. than era. Well, it's like uh, we've. We've kept waiting for the Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes game, right. too. And both times Mahomes was hurt, and then uh, Rodgers got COVID. Uh, so. uh, of course. Um, no, that's. Uh, I feel like the last few times it's been a shootout, and obviously weapons are very different now on, on both sides. This is More true. so the Packers' side. Yeah. So it is going to be an interesting way to see that we utilize our offensive key figures. Mm. Wow, what a hot take right there, <laughs> tell you what. A, what a statement. Well, the game will be interesting. Yeah, well, with that, Andrew, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything no, else? Not at all. Okay, well, with that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us. I quit my job. Yeah, it just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all month. Then they took my money. Right, Andrew. Uh, how's how's your Survivor League going? Uh, that's a great question. I'm out of all of them. Mm. Yeah, so the ones that you manage. The ones I manage. So now it's that nice point where I get to work know, for free. Sp- exactly. Spend a lot of time and effort. Um, but the question that I was going to ask you Uh-oh. is the tie. Yeah. So I I don't know. There's obviously not official rules anywhere. I'm out. I would I would say if it's a tie, you did not lose. That and that's goes on. That the reason I had to do that is because when I set up the initial email for my uncle Phil's friends, I said, the, some of them were like, what is a survivor pool? Uh-huh. And they're like in his fantasy league. Oh that's how is it, they do paper shit. Like they're not up to yeah. date with anything. So I explained it by saying, you pick one team every week. Yep. Once you pick that team, you cannot pick them again. If the team you select does not lose, you move on into the is competition. That what you said? That's exactly what I said. So based on that wording, a tie is a pass. I would say double. Yeah, it a would tie say is a pass. Sense would say and it's a pass. And every single person, obviously, who did not have the uh, Colts, said, "Oh, ties are losses in ninety percent of leagues." I said, "Okay, well, here's the email I sent. You got it. Everyone got it. It is very cut and dry. I mean, there's nothing I can do here. You know, my I, look. I'd rather have everyone out because the sooner everyone else is out, the less I have to do, and I can start a new league if so. You know? Mm-hmm. This doesn't benefit me at all. I, you know, I, I don't give a shit. So 
I just didn't want to screw with these guys who, you know, trying to build up the pot and build mm-hmm. people up. I want them to enjoy playing. So I just I just couldn't do it, you know. Okay, that's and fair. That's it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.